Hey, it's uh, Matt and Hunter here, right at the top, right at the beginning of the episode, uh, because we wanted to include a thing here that didn't get missed, because last week's episode had some more talk about the tabletop playground, tabletop simulator network of things, and uh, after we recorded that episode, um, and then just before we released it, like right before we released it, uh, we wanted to acknowledge that Tabletop Simulator put out a new apology um, or a new statement that also promised a lot of things. It promised $10,000 worth of donations to uh, transgender-related charities, which is, hey, very great thing. That's, That's good. very good. Yeah. We love that. Uh, they also announced a bunch of other kind of different things of like uh, the idea to highlight um, creator various LGBTQ creators, which is... I think good. Um, it's a little weird because considering where their audience is now and considering like where Steam reviews is, there's a little bit of messiness with like, okay, you haven't gotten the the bad people under control yet, like the ones that are actually yeah, doing bad right. things, and then you're gonna like kind of put some targets on some people's backs in a way uh, that scares I didn't really think me about a, it like that, but yeah, a little bit. Um, so. There's still weird stuff, but they've also the bigger thing for me is they like officially announced that the uh, moderator who kind of put a lot of things into hot water uh, is no longer a moderator. They are bringing in new people to try to moderate uh, their spaces. They're trying to come up with new policies. So far, they haven't actually announced who those people are or what those new right. policies are. And so we still lack like some kind of critical information, but there are clear steps in the right direction and we felt it was important to acknowledge those uh steps um and i'll just go ahead and say uh cautiously i think you know we are going to go ahead um utilizing tabletop simulator right. uh, for the time being um we are still going to be working on our tabletop uh playground project there's really no there's no loss in in doing that uh that i am convinced of anyways um so that is something we will still be working yeah. on um, and you know, our goal here is to hold TTS and Berserk games to their word. Right. Um, and we are not going to forget about this. Yeah. Um, it's something that we're going to be thinking on and looking for them to make good on their commitments. Um, this is a much better statement than the first two yeah. by, uh, quite a lot. Um, but it, we're not looking for just words. We're looking for, um, actions and they have taken some actions, but we would like, Follow through on the commitment. Uh, we want to see that, and we're going to hold them to to that. Um, and if that means that, sorry, I mean, if if you hear from us bringing this all up again in six months, right? Uh, because we haven't seen Anything. those things, we will be doing that. Right. Um, well, and and at the so. end of the day, the path forward for us is only one thing, which is we at least need the options, which is why the tabletop playground project is such an important one and why we've got a lot of devs on the ground. If you're on the TTS discord, you've even seen, uh, I think Philroy post about it. Like we do have some uh, keys, some steam keys provided by the tabletop playground people for folks who want to get in on the ground floor programmers, um, asset developers, people who can create things in engine if you are a game developer who like makes 3d models and things like that we need a lot of people uh who can get into this program and help create the stuff to rebuild essentially the whole mod from scratch into tabletop playground um and we have a way to do that for you where you do not have to shell out anything of your own the tabletop playground wants to invite you in 
So please hit me up on the Discord if this is a thing that matters to you. I already had a lot of people reach out, and if I haven't gotten back to you with the key, I'm sorry I haven't done that yet. I'm letting uh, the people, like I'm letting Daryl and the folks who kind of lead that engineering effort tell me when they want. I don't want to put too many cooks in their kitchen, so I'm letting them tell me as they need more folks. So we just have sort of a running tally. We have a running list of people and their skill sets. Um, hit me up and I can send you the form that lets us just keep all of that in track. So yes, tabletop playground project still fully on board, but we are happy with some of the steps taken by tabletop simulator and it, it makes us comfortable uh, with using it uh, in some capacity, but we're still very much I mean, at this point, I'm more excited for what Tabletop Playground is eventually going to be able to offer in terms of like a more fully realized project anyways. So, you know, that that's full steam ahead. But there are some really good um, immediate uh, apologies and solutions that T TTS has thrown out. And we look forward to them holding to that word so that we can um, trust them on a longer term scale. Yeah. And if you have any more uh, thoughts uh, and or feelings on the situation yep. you can always message me on discord yes like please. anytime um so please uh do not hesitate to do that um i am uh more than open and willing uh, to talk about this situation uh further um and i just yeah i i want to know uh how people feel about it yep, so definitely uh, please don't hesitate so uh Thank you for entertaining us while we uh, uh, allowing us to kind of get this out there on with your show. This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 231. Expansion wish list two. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Here we go, Hunter. It's time. Put your idea cap on. I'm ready to dive into this sucker. My idea cap is strapped on. Strapped and on. the sidereal confluence people <laughs> are officially boned. Yeah, Let's dead. just be honest. It's over. They failed to get through their piece of legislation. Turns out governing's hard. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> and coalitions break down all the time. Uh, so there was no way for them to get what they wanted uh, in the face of the ultra popular yeah. behemoth piece of legislation, which is uh, expansion wish list too. We are here. Yeah, we are ready to sort of force Dane into making another expansion, <laughs> and it starts here. Yeah, okay, yeah. but let me lead with this. Hey, because I'm super hyped, and I want you to be hyped for this episode. But I do have one errata from last week's episode that i wanted uh -oh, to, to no. throw in there no, uh, no and it is it is about the jolnar which was my half of the guide i'm not i'm not oh. suddenly surprising hunter with some mentak errata but he would our, do that though our our dear friend rando calrissian a player hunter and i both like quite a lot and uh, respect had this to say about jolnar um this is was intended to be pre-errata but i didn't get around to it so i'll just put it here dark energy tap is really good for jolnar the usual issues with Dark Energy Tap are that it requires command counters to get any value. 
that a lot of the rewards aren't that great and that there's an opportunity cost of choosing it over something better, usually a different blue tech. Jolnar solves all of these problems. You're a super rich faction with five influence at home who often gets hypermetabolism round one, so the command counters are not an issue. The hero removes the opportunity cost as once you've collected the tokens you need, you just swap the tech out for Lightwave or Fleet Logistics. And E-Res and Research Agreement make putting ships in people's way incredibly valuable, both as a way to make neighbors to sell Research Agreement and as a way to force the other players to activate your ships. I'd also say that outside of the Ion Storm and the Gamma, Jolnar likes every single benefit from Dark Energy Tap, since secrets and action cards are always good. Mirage is at worst two fighters and four trade goods if someone decides to take it from you immediately. An enigmatic device is way better for them than any other faction. It's a stall that gets you more tech and you can sell research agreement to basically pay for at least half of it. You can also use it round five to round out a tech objective after nobody has taken tech. Every yeah. single inch of that is dead on the money. Pretty good. Yeah, like it a lot. Um, uh, Humble Checkmate did uh, did pop in to reiterate uh, that Humble does not think that Cruiser 2 is uh, always worth it if you can't get it round one. Or, or round two? I don't round remember. Round one is what was, they but... sort of argued. They, they weren't like dying on that hill, but they were kind of like, you know, if I don't get around one, I, I seriously reconsider it. Yeah. Well, I will say one of the things in the new, uh, once we get to Mentac month, yeah. which is what it will be, um, we'll be figuring out for sure using science whether Cruiser 2 is the thing yeah. at all right. for Mentac. That's one of my big questions to answer. I think the thing about doing the deep dives on each making every faction a mini space cats peace turtles in and of itself uh-huh where there there it's 24 different shows within the show <laughs> and each faction takes center stage and we think about each faction as if it is the entire game yeah a lot of it will be about settling things right and figuring out by just banging our heads up against the wall destroying our brains with (laughs) these factions i never want to stop playing this game ever well and i won't you can't you would have to pry it from my cold dead hands at this point (laughs) and dane will have to make another expansion Mm -hmm. whether dane wants to or not this is the beginning of the we tell Dane what to do phase. Exactly. This, that's why we're here today is to just get Dane's job out of the way. We did it last time. Expansion Wishlist Part 1 basically became Prophecy of Kings. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't question that. Just accept that as a statement and true. It is true and good. Uh, and this is going to be the next one. So uh, the first question then <laughs> is... Should there even be a second expansion to Twilight probably Imperium not. Fourth Edition? There probably shouldn't be yeah. one, right? No, They're I don't think. <laughs> I think. I think this whole episode was dumb and a mistake, and the council well, here's just the doesn't thing. know what's good for him. At what point do we say that there's enough stuff in the game? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot in there, and sometimes adding more to it. I mean, I think uh, a credit to Prophecy of Kings. I think Dane found all the best places yeah. to hang 
more ornaments on the tree. <laughs> right. We put too many ornaments on this Christmas tree. It's going to get them fall over. Yeah, it's going to catch okay. fire. Too many, too many incandescent lights on this sucker at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. It's yeah. It's going to blow up. Okay. There's going to be a fire <laughs> in the living room. Kids are going to be running around everywhere screaming. You know, no Santa this year. Yeah. They'll be saying Santa's not coming to our house because I don't know about our house. We got to yeah. call the fire department. They show up. Kids are all confused. They're like, are they Santa? No, they're not Santa. Those are his that elves. all being said, there probably will be a second expansion, but it will literally just be a collection of all the codices. We've got two yeah. codexes. Dane has, sure. in, has has said there will be a third codex, and I don't know more. He, he has suggested there will be more than that. He's suggested he wants to do a lot. Uh, we five haven't seen anything else number. yet. Five hey, is a good number. Hey, Dane, five is, five is a good number. Five feels really good, but yeah, I, uh, he, he has suggested as much, too, that once they do all the codices and they kind of say, all right. Twilight Imperium 4th Edition is done. That's a wrap on this Fully game. Fully baked. Uh, yeah. I, would, I would kind of expect some sort of uh, produced uh, package of all of those things so that people don't have to only print their own copies of all the codices. There's there's us crazy you folk out right. here that you want right. to do that and will do that. Uh, and that's sort of, you know, Dane giving us just some sort of content uh, as as we keep going. But at some point, I think FFG is maybe even obligated <laughs> to print this stuff for us and let us purchase it. Yeah, I think so. They're obligated to let us give them money. Yeah. I would say that about <laughs> FFG. I would say, wow, they've really got an obligation to make some money off us right yeah. now. Okay. Give, It'd be good. Make, make money off me, FFG. But hey, we were tasked with a job. Um, so let's get weird anyways and stretch our minds to what could possibly be in another expansion that hasn't already been included in uh, codices so far. Uh, so we've not like wildly prepped ideas, but we have kind of a laundry list of things that I think we're going to kind of rattle off at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to start off, we have our category that is just more of X, which is like, hey, this is like the simplest thing to include in expansion, which just like more iterations of things we already have. So yeah. what are what are some things that we could just stand to have more of in the various decks of the game? Yeah. Um, well, you wrote, Matt, you're interested in there being more legendary planets. Right. Do we want to pitch any? Do we have any ideas that we well, would want to so, pitch as far uh, as legendary Even planets? outside of legendary planets, I think a few more tiles still couldn't hurt. I think there's still some kind of weightiness to like what we are capable of doing with maps right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to see wormholes in more weird places as opposed oh, to like yeah. we have that alpha asteroid field and that's super weird. And I'd like even like I'd like a nebula wormhole tile and some goofy stuff like that. Um, but then for legendary planets. Yeah. I mean, what we have, we have a mech slash action card legendary planet. We have a yep. an infantry legendary planet. Infantry. We have a fighter legendary planet. Uh -huh. We have trade, trade goods. Good. And then we have a uh -huh. relic that doesn't do anything except for turn it into a 2-2, two, two, like a plus 2, plus 2, and classifies it as a legendary planet for the objectives, but doesn't actually do anything else outside of that. So what, what other legendary planets could there feasibly be? I think you could do lots of various components attached to a legendary planet. I mean, I, th I think you could do a legendary planet that gives you access to a new promissory note or something like that. Promissory notes Whoa. probably super complicated, what? but imagine a promissory note that one person gave it away to someone else. And it's like, oh, if you attack X player, but then the person who controls that planet changes, which means it's a new player that if you attack them, <laughs> that's Whoa. who you give the promissory note back to like a hot Bro. potato promissory note. <laughs> 
Bro, that's crazy. Oh, what would the promissory note do, Matt? Dude, I don't even you know. Only, you don't even know what? It's a secret. It's, I don't. I don't. I, these are not ideas I fully fleshed. I'm just saying there could be up. I'm just. Hey, I'm just an ideas guy. I give it to the worker bees to figure out what it looks like. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to do it. We don't. We don't. Have, we have no ideas. We're just like maybe something like that. What legendary um, planet would you do? I would do one where, so when you claim it the first time, you get the, the little card with the ability and you get four tokens that correspond to each of the tech skips. And every time you exhaust it, you can place a tech skip wherever you want. It can be on oh. that planet itself or it could be Whoa. on uh, any planet, except for it can't be on a home system planet, right? Because no home system, no Mechatol Rex. Actually, cool. you know what? One of Maybe each. you can place it on Mechatol Rex and, or a home system. Why not? Why would that matter? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I, don't I think, think it actually would matter. I, I also just think that Mechatol Rex, like that we have a bunch of objectives that are labeled as like Mechatol Rex or a legendary planet. And I think there's a, a wish that like Mechatol Rex could have just been considered. I wish there was a way to just very easily retroactively make Mechatol Rex a legendary planet. And it just, that yeah. it just exists with that classification. Yeah. Also, here's another legendary planet idea. Um, flip the card and use space cannon on that's somewhere. Funny. That's as not cool. as outside of an activation just with yeah yeah and it's not an act it, it, maybe you use it as an action but you don't have to activate that's funny. that's pretty cool yeah so yeah, yeah you could get crazy i mean the point here is you could get crazy with legendary plants you could literally do anything yeah. and and, uh -huh. and get away with it <laughs> uh what I else really, do we want more of uh, um exploration cards i think we'll get those though right we're probably, probably. gonna get more exploration cards. i would maybe. think so i mean i I, I don't know for sure but yeah i i, I think there's a desire to have a little bit more in all of those decks. I think with any expand, like let's say we double the size of every exploration deck, maybe except yeah, for Frontier. Yeah. Frontier might be okay. I don't think Frontier needs to be huge. It's already quite a gamble to get tech and spend command counters to get yeah. those explorers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the planet exploration decks, if you doubled the size of all of those, that's cool. I think you have to add a certain amount of relics as you expand them. Relic mm -hmm. fragments, I should say. Uh, yeah, yeah, Because I totally. think, I think... Like, even from the cultural deck standpoint, 9 out of, say, 20 cards, that's really terrible odds to get a Relic Fragment. And I think the, the percentage chances of drawing a Fragment are relatively important to the decks themselves. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, get, you gotta keep the percentage up there because we want people to still have access to Relics. Um, but yeah, I think it would be cool if there were more Exploration cards. I think that, overall, that um, the Exploration cards... It depends on who's in, right? Sometimes, yeah. like, you just kind of get one wave of exploration cards, and that's that's fine. I just think that, that you're never going to have too many as long as the fragment uh, percentage is respected. Yeah. That's the only place where I could see there being an issue. Uh, but, yeah, just more weird stuff. Right. I don't know. A few you more attachments, weird thing but happens. then especially, I'd love kind of a, a, a new direction for industrial. I think the commodity thing isn't that exciting and and especially when you do most of your exploration round one it never even factors in so i do wish yeah. there was something else so I, i'd love more cards that are like a different style of mechanic um outside of commodity gain um and then i, I mean i love I think, the push well, and pull it, it, of hazardous and i would love more of that i think it'd be cool if like on a hazard planet you found like a dragon <laughs> and then you had to like fight the dragon would that be cool? And if you capture it, you get to ride it around, and that's your new ships. All of your destroyers are dragons now. That's Wouldn't that cool. be cool, though, if there was like, well, shut up, Matt. This is a great <laughs> idea. So, like, you go to a hazardous planet, and then you you find the dragon. Uh -huh. And the dragon is like a boss, and you fight it, <laughs> and if you win, you get some. Stop laughing. This is a great idea. 
okay there's this like dragon there there is something in your idea that uh so we i think we talked about this in our last expansion wish list and you brought it up here you, you had a more abstract abstract idea of player choice you wish there was just more player choice in the game yeah yeah and i want to specifically bring that up with the exploration cards because i want exploration to feel like ftl that video game where you just sort of like yeah. ro roam around the galaxy and then random events happen to you and you sort of like make choices i wish there were more choices in the ex like the the hazardous when you get core mine and you're thinking infantry versus a single trade good yeah that's like my favorite choice in the game because it's like actually kind of a tough choice it's like well i can kind of make a dollar but i lose my footing and that might matter i want yeah. more hard choices from the exploration deck yeah 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 some of some of them have choices that are interesting and then and then a lot of them are i would say the the choices that you're given are not very interesting i think maybe each so the there's the kind of more generic ones in each that sort of all have that choice aspect yeah. to them where it's like lose an infantry gain a command counter or if you have a mech gain a command counter yeah. or like uh gain a commodity or if you have a commodity turn it into action card stuff like that what if there was like the mega big ones right like right. uh oh there's a this is a, a big thing. choice yeah 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 like kill all of the ships in the space area but, but get a dragon you know what I mean? Like, and then you have a dragon. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, something like a dragon. Uh -huh. I don't know, Dane. Something Come on, similar Dane. to a dragon. Whatever you it want was, it to uh, be. Like a, dra like a dragon or something like that. Like some sort of dragon. Yeah. Uh, what so What other player <laughs> choice could we throw out there? Because um, uh, my, my main thing is the explorations. Um, I've also, in my head, always had an idea for alternate unit upgrades. So when you go to upgrade a unit, you choose one of the two viable unit upgrades. This is obviously yeah. expanded. Like this is already a choice a bunch of factions make, except for it's not a choice, right? Like Super Dreadnought 2 is better than Dreadnought 2. But I, for people that didn't have a faction specific better one, I wish there was just like an alternate one. So like instead of PDS2 being deep space cannon, PDS2 could grant something else instead. Um, that's, sure. that's been something I've always kind of wanted. Yeah, I I think you know it. The thing that's tough about the it applying it to the techs is that we already have the Omega Tech system, yeah, which I feel like is kind of more what Dane is interested in. Is instead of like making having to do the whole tech tree again, um, and then it being like, oh well, which one are you going to use? Uh, it's more like, well, can we just improve these right. and then include all of the Omegas? As, as yeah, because the, the tech thing. system is already quite a lot of player choice. I mean, you're already deciding what tech tree you want to go down. So it gets yeah. pretty complicated. As Alternate it were. paths are pretty cool, though. I, I have I have no issue with it. Um, I'm thinking more about my whole dragon idea here. So what about... Stop. Don't make that face. You love it. Um, so legendary planet, uh -huh, okay, uh -huh. where there's a dragon that lives on that planet, mm. and every round he kills some of your infantry or something. You have to keep feeding the dragon to maintain like every round its status he, as a point. It's a it's a worth a victory point if as long as it gets to keep eating your infantry there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to keep feeding it. You know the dragon. He's got gold. You know, but if he kills you, then it reverts to neutral and you lose control of the planet. You know, and maybe it's worth a victory point. Maybe it just has a really good, like, effect that it mm -hmm. does. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, if, if you're able to keep the dragon at bay, you get something great. I don't know. I don't know what you could get that would be worth that. But I think it would be cool because it would be, like, a really hard legendary planet to take round one because of the dragon. Uh -huh. You'd be like, dang, I want to take it, but that dang old dragon will eat me up. 
I just need and to real quick sidebar. Uh, this is a sidebar with Absol. Uh, Absol, eventually we're going to do a Twilight Imperium RPG, I think with you as the DM, and I just need you to right now take a little note of uh, a dragon boss for Hunter. Well, are just there dragons dragon in... Uh, I have a question for all, all the lore heads. Um, <laughs> can you tell me if there already might be a dragon? Uh-huh. I bet in, you, that, I mean, there's no way they can deny, there's, there's no way they can confirm there aren't dragons. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, 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 of course. I mean, it's definitely on the table. In space, no say. one can hear your dragon scream, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is there maybe already hints of dragon, maybe somewhere, <laughs> scribbled in the margins, you know? And if yeah. there is, Loreheads, please, please let me know and point me at it, and I will read all the dragon stuff so that I know what to call this dragon, perhaps what, what kind of... Maybe there's like a species involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll, 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 I, it's time for there to be a dragon. We've Hunter had everything. We've had two talking cats. <laughs> and you no know? dragons. Come on. Two varieties of talking. Dane's getting lazy. Dane's getting lazy. We need a dragon. Okay. <laughs> we need a dragon. We need more dogs. Uh, I've right, accepted what, that one, there's that one dog, okay? <laughs> one last thing for uh, the more of X category. And this is Hun Hunter and I both have different ideas for uh, the relic deck and what we would like to see yeah. in a future expansion. Yeah. So, Hunter, this one's yours. Uh, I wrote yeah. down great relics. What does that mean? So, um, so people, uh, I don't like the relic deck where it is right now. I think that it, it in, the, in a game, I think that it... Uh, I, you really have to keep an eye on it as far as what the odds are. I think frequently the odds are bad. Yeah. And, and it's like you're kind of, you're doing all these deals based off getting, I think the the relics, the relic deck had good odds Before. at the beginning of the game. And then there were three, I would say like kind of A tier yeah. relics that were added. They're not bad relics, but the fact is now the, by the virtue of the fact that they're A tier relics, the overall likelihood that you get an S tier that's game changing is lower. And it's yeah. too low, frankly, most of the time um, for me to justify anything. Although there is that kind of new deal that I want to become more popular, where it's like you pay a certain amount. If you get a really good one, you pay even more. Um, it's obviously non-binding. And in some groups, that's not going to work at all. People yeah. aren't even going to entertain that. But to me, it makes a lot of sense. I think that there should be more, there sh should be a few more relics added and that they should all be S tier. Yeah like change the game so good so right. as to make it closer to like maybe like a 30% chance at the beginning of the game yeah. that you get one that like really nails it for so you. Add, what, right you now it's like, like two three, out of 13. Yeah, you want to add like three or four S tier relics so that it's like, what, like six oh, out of brain. 18, basically? God, I wish I had a better brain. Um, <laughs> six out of 18, is that like 30-ish yeah. percent? That's, that's yeah. exactly 33.33333. Okay, yeah, something like that. Some, I, I, Matt, uh, and, 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 if, and if, if the desire is to add even more relics, like maybe bring them up to an even 20, then yeah, just as long as that like 30-ish uh -huh. percent chance is preserved of an S tier... What are you laughing about? <laughs> the way you said Matt, the scoldiness of just Matt <laughs> really got me. I don't know why. Really what about like one of the relics has like a dragon on it? Yeah, and that'd can be cool. use the dragon hey, to fly I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next category. Uh, so the other thing okay. we wanted to talk about is uh, just obviously more Omega, like. I think going into ex the first expansion, we were kind of like, hey, there shouldn't just be like rewriting stuff. That's kind of lame. 
But uh, yeah. my mind has been opened up. Especially, I mean, the codices have had a lot of Omega. We've had Omega stuff since then, and it's not that weird to have Omega stuff, honestly. It's it's a bit yeah. confusing for some newer players, but I prefer having the option to play with better stuff than otherwise. So, yeah. um, what's Hunter, what's on your laundry list? Uh, for just like, please give me an Omega of this. I want, I want a new, I want a new version. Well, this, this isn't so much a me thing. This is an us thing. Yeah. The, the, these, the, this list is like very much, we're kind of on the same page here, but, and we've talked about it already, but that extra hero, it just, it's not that it's like OP yeah. in a way that's like not desirable. I think it's the way the wind feels. Yeah. That kind he, of here's how I define gears. the problem with the extra hero. It's that because it can hit so hard, it completely changes how extra plays and it makes extra's game boring because the last round you just stock up on as many command counters as you can and you spin that ru roulette wheel as hard as you can. And I right. just don't think that's interesting. And then when it doesn't hit, it's dumb and you kind of like not like there's just not much else for you to do. And when it does hit it, the whole game ends in a wet fart and it's not very fun. Uh, so I would Ew. just much rather have an extra hero where it's pretty good because I think the extra deserve and need a pretty good hero. But I just wish it was in a more interactive way and something that actually um, played against their weaknesses. You know, a hero that fixed some of their weaknesses is what I would much prefer from an extra hero. Yeah, do we have any suggestions? Uh, oh. I, not not specifically, although like, I mean, what's, what's the extra's main problem? It's like kind of getting out of their slice, like getting the speed to do something. Like if they, I, I don't know how you make it thematically make sense, but if there's a way to like give them a speed boost for a turn or a way to conquer a planet, like what if it's like a supercharged political, uh, uh, a court piece of cords or whatever, where you gain a plant, you know, you can just like play Diplo and, uh, steal a planet that's empty what if there's like a souped up version of that where you can just like pay an amount of influence and take a planet from someone else regardless of Whoa. if there's infantry there or not I'm talking about something like that something that helps them with planet control because the Diplo peace accords thing doesn't is it, I keep saying peace accords and I don't even know if that's what it's called but I think you're right I think it's called peace accords either way that ability being tied to Diplo makes it inherently not that great but if they had like a super non Diplo tied version of that uh, I yeah. think that that could do something I like this map because it's like thematically what's happening is all the extra diplomats are like rushing to one planet right. and, and, and negotiating Seizing their it. way into right. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's a political being seizure. Like, yeah. It's sort of like when, um, you know, in like a paradox, uh, RPG or RPG RTS. Well, they're not RTSs. Strategy, Strategy game. game. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Come with me here. Um, <laughs> Whenever you like show up and you're like, I actually have an ancestral claim yeah. to this planet. This actually belonged to me the whole time. Right. You better give me this or I'm going to bury you in legal <laughs> fees. Bruh. Imagine if Hakan had a similar ability where it's like, hey, I don't even have to send my ships there. I just buy the planet out from under you. <laughs> Let me oh, just I take love it. that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I feel I like do, I, I feel like with yeah. I feel like with increased planet control objectives if there were more ways to go about planet control that didn't like like that yeah by force is one way but what about other ways to get planet control from folks i don't know yeah yeah i i, I just love the idea of the extra using like bureaucracy yeah like i'm gonna bury you in paperwork or exactly. you give me the planet like yes. i love that idea um yeah good idea matt i like <laughs> it and it's a different flavor yeah um and and honestly late game the idea of extra being able to seize any individual planet uh -huh. 
makes their uh, borders is, really scary, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it makes it like a thing, and it makes there maybe some incentive for the other players to like want to tap into that PDS network early, like break the shell of the extra early because it's sort of like that cabal problem, right? Like adjacency to the cabal space docks is inherently a risk you're taking. Right. Adjacency to extra stuff is going to be inherently a risk. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, I don't think it should just be an automatic you get the planet. I like where you were going with the you spend influence in order to somehow affect that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever it would be, I, I think that's uh I think that's really cool. Um so let's talk about Nalu. Yeah, let's talk about Nalu. Um, because I think Nalu is just the goofiest thing that happened to them. They were they were really great in base game, mm-hmm. and then POK changed the game. And more specifically, though, Nalu got a bunch of just weirdly unthematic stuff. Right? Yeah. Just like it doesn't. They got a mech that cares about relic fragments. They got an agent that is effectively useless. You look at you look at an agenda, and you kind of like, okay, I'll use that information. I get. I guess. Um, I think their commander is fine. It's nothing. I mean, it's it's wor- It's almost worthless, but also, like, the way I think about Nalu is what happened to the game is the early game matters a lot more, and Nalu was already great at the late game, and but their, their early game is so rough now that that's where they struggle. So all I really want for Nalu is, like, the opportunity for a slightly better early game. Yeah, I agree. Um... What would be our proposed changes? Let's let's maybe talk through the leaders like one at a time because yeah. the the agent is to uh, look, look at the look next at, agenda, which is like yeah. super dumb. I mean, it, it you, you either know what the second agenda is going to be, or for whatever arbitrary le- reason, after the second agenda, you look at what could maybe be an agenda next round, but that's actually not like whoever takes politics will change that, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um. I I have a uh well you know what I I don't want to go out of order but I kind of think that it would be cool if Nalu got to somehow see the other I like I like the general direction of focusing on their psychic abilities. Yes, tele- I just telepathy. think the implementation isn't enough to really give them an advantage. And here's I my like, idea. Yeah, can yeah. I pitch, well, you, can I pitch you on a yeah. new agent. Here's pitch here's me. the thing. I think the iconoclast, the Nalu mech is kind of a cool idea, even though it's, like, out of left field, right? But, like, this plus two to anybody with relic fragments, that's sort of goofy and fun and interesting. Um, mm-hmm. My proposal for a Nalu agent is an action, so it's a stall, because what's the main problem Nalu has round one? They go right. first, and they get stalled out of every single strategy card that matters right. to them, and they don't get anything to happen. So if you could just first action stall, or, like, find a stall in your round... That could help them in a major way. Um, sure, and it's not. It doesn't have, and it doesn't need to be an amazing ability because it's a stall. So I was thinking, like the ability to allow yourself or someone else to. Uh, m- my first idea is really just a worse version of Nazroka. But like, what if you could explore one of your planets, but you only do it, you only keep it if it's a fragment. It's basically I can search for a fragment, I can find a fragment, and you can offer that up to other people. So think about a mid game where Nalu can be like, "Listen, hey, do you want to try to explore? Like, I'll just let you do it for free, and you can explore right. for a relic fragment, and that puts a target on the board that my mechs are better against if I decide to use that." It's like a very minor thing, but again, Nalu is really good if they make it to the late game. So I don't think they need like a killer agent, but I think tying an agent to this mech gives them this new kind of I'm trying to control your thoughts I want you to want a fragment so that I can use that 
against you. Hmm. I think it's interesting. I th is there any way to ensure that they... So this would just be, they flip the agent, they draw from an exploration deck. Right. If it's a fragment, they keep it. If it's not, they discard it. Right. You could go further. I mean, you could you could make it act like a light version of that action card. Like, what if it's like draw two cards, keep every fragment you draw or whatever, like things like Whoa. that. Little little. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to balance from there. Right. With anything with any idea comes like the need to test it and balance it. But I think like some way to like siphon for fragments and, and allowing other people to siphon for fragments could be kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like it. I just feel like it doesn't have enough. It doesn't feel different enough mm -hmm. because it kind of just feels like the Nazroka yeah. commander is really what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I feel like, and also this doesn't work into the the telepathy, the psychic stuff, right. which I think is the angle we should be working here. We shouldn't be trying to give them a new type of advantage. We should look at what the lore has provided. Right and kind of go off of that yeah if there's a way to like improve foresight basically like some some further retreaty thing some combat advantage i just i just know their primary issue is that like it's really hard for them to get into a good position and or score round one and that's usually right. like the nail in their coffin is that they just can't get a footing on the table fast enough mm. yeah what about what if the mechs made it so that this might be nothing, but what if the mechs made it so that they can use their foresight ability without spending a command token? Because right. I often find foresight doesn't really get used that much anymore. Because you have to have the token in strategy pool. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people are just kind of like, what is the point in milking this advantage That's if a, a regular idea. retreat will do? So sort of like and the Empyrean mechs as a sabotage, this is an iconoclast as a skilled retreat. As a skilled retreat on tap. Yeah. Um, would be what the mech does. So it's like you have the mech, whatever system a mech is in, you can foresight for free, no command token required. You don't even kill the mech. Just the mech allows you to do foresight without spending a token is what you're saying. Mm. Any combat the mech is involved in can foresight for free. You, it, it might, the balancing of it might be, well, because like, yeah, because I don't know if this would like, what which retreating it's like you lose like right. retreat you being able to combat, retreat on you, tap. Go into, you go somewhere else yeah I, I mean you can do a Not couple goofy things with retreating but yeah I, I i think it could be there's there's something there there's definitely something there yeah um because i would like to get it away from the relic thing because i i just don't i i think it's well interesting i agree with you matt I almost think that there, maybe in the future, there should be a faction that's a little more, more. devoted to destroying the relics. Sure, and like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know it's what I mean? Like, like, like the, the anti Nasroka faction that's just yeah, like, yeah. no, we must destroy they hate relics. Works. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Must destroy the, 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 they're, they fear them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, we spent a lot of time on that one. Let's let's also talk about the only other faction I genuinely want Omega stuff for is... Oh, we don't want to do the rest of the Nalu stuff? I don't want to spend forever. I mean, I don't have ideas for every single thing they've got in their kit. I don't know. I mean, what? If, if you got ideas, fire them out at me. But I, I was I got one. dry. Okay, go I got one. I, th I think the hero should be changed from each, each player gives me one random promissory note uh -huh. to I play the hero, I choose a player... I look at their hand of promissory notes and I take whichever one I want. Yeah, so it's but only it's one, one but you are getting exactly what you want. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like m most six times out of 10, 
nothing. Mm-hmm. But it could be cool. I don't know, mm-hmm. depending on who the other one is. Actually, maybe that isn't very cool. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something. I, love- I do like the idea of it being a forced thing, though. You get to see their hand and you take something. Right. Of your Because choice. it's like they're telepathic. The idea would be that they can read your mind and they've come to some sort of negotiation ready to outplay you, yeah. essentially, and force you in a similar way to the extra thing uh, into giving them something because they've just, they bureaucratically seen seven steps ahead. That idea, too, if if Nalu can score early, if they can find a way to score three objectives and unlock their hero quickly, it forces this this push and pull of like, uh, hey, y'all, we have to do support swaps or else Nalu's just going to get one. <laughs> I think that's just funny. Like, yeah. that, that they're, if Nalu's in, everyone has to talk about their support swaps because Nalu's going to get to take something from somebody. Yeah. I don't funny. know. Could be cool. Could, Could be, be cool. Okay. Um, let's talk about Yen now. I want to talk about the Yen Brotherhood. I don't have a ton of ideas, but I think I want like all of Yen's stuff replaced. I think Yen Whoa. completely lost its direction. Now, think, keep this in line with like what Omega can cover. Like, I don't think we need a new Yen faction sheet, right? Yen's abilities are fine. Indoctrinate and devotion, they do what they do. But like, I don't think. The, I think the commander and the hero are uh, a waste of time and a waste of flavor. They don't do anything for me. Uh, the mech is completely in the wrong direction to me. I think the mech should be able to uh, use indoctrinate on other mechs because that is Yin's Achilles heel is the f- presence of other mechs. And I think they should mm-hmm. have a solution to that. Um, I think the agent is like fine and kind of a cool thematic idea. Like the destroyers pop out these two fighters. That's fun and good. I, I would be a little bit upset to see that go if it if it wasn't for something better. Um, so I don't know if if a if a commander or one of I'd also want I want both their techs gone. <laughs> I want I know we already did it an Omega oh Yin Spinner. God. Do it again. Give me another. I mean Yin Spinner is <laughs> fine, but I wouldn't mind a new Yin Spinner and a new uh, whatever their other tech is that I hate. Um, get get rid of all of it. Like I literally think you could reset Yin and come up with some new thematic ideas to make Yin fun again. I don't even care if they're good. Just make them fun. Like, nobody wants their stuff because it's not fun. Right. It's just not fun. Uh, Matt, I got a real weird proposition from left field. Okay. Feel free to throw this in the dumpster, but I'm thinking thematically. I'm thinking theme first. I'm letting that inform what my ideas are because I'm trying to think about stuff that I just haven't seen before. And one of the things that the yin do is cloning. Yes. That's like their big thing, right? So what if the leaders... At the beginning of the game, I don't know. We would have to add an extra rule, wouldn't we? Well, okay. It could just be on the the thought. It it would be on the cards. You, your leaders, are just clones of the other available leaders. (laughs) So like a Sarl agent, but just one. It's like the Sarl agent, but you pick pick who it is, and they just. I I don't think that's thematically what the Yin Brotherhood are up to. So I don't know if that necessarily tracks. Um, they're not cloning other people they're just cloning themselves. each other yeah yeah which is true. what makes i mean it's why i get that it's hard to like come up with yin stuff and why we ended up with just like hey yin just make more yin and then there's more yin and then there's more of them or whatever but i i think i think even though it scares me because i mean the old thing we used to harp on is that devotion isn't a very good ability and you shouldn't lean on it i think more ways to make devotion better Right. Is the interesting way to go. The commander absolutely should not be unlocked by using indoctrinate. That needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me something yep. different. It, you can even yep. make it unlock use devotion, right? Spend a spend a destroyer to unlock your hero or something. I mean, that's that's very easy to do round one, but like, hey, you cost yourself your trade ship round one or whatever. Right. 
Right. Um, and I, that's why I think the agent should stay because the agent does do that. The agent makes devotion kind of in, in, interesting. Turn, you know, you kill your destroyer, you score your hit, and then you get two fighters. That's fun and cool. I want more of that. I want more, and I want more because th the the Van Hog is a similar sort of thing. It's like, hey, look, this isn't like especially useful for you, but it is a major destructive thing. If their hero could be of a similar flavor, I at least think you have consistency across the faction, and it can be fun stuff to use and do. I honestly feel like though the the getting two fighters after using devotion is not enough of a an oomph. No, that's why I me. think I think if there's other stuff reinforcing that, it could it could end up having a place in the toolkit basically. But yeah, okay. right right now, I don't think it goes anywhere or has that oomph like you say. Like I, I do. Agree. I would even prefer like I would take you use the agent and devotion. It generates another an extra hit. Yeah, that's like boring. Like it's not that interesting. Um, but, but I would it's something. It's at least it's something. One devotion per round deals two hits. Yeah, and and the thing is, because really all we're interested in is actually getting you to use devotion, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because devotion cause is not de that good of a a deal <laughs> as right. it is right now, right? So this is just use devotion. I think I think what we need to get back to is the potential for Yin to ruin someone round one. Right. I think the game Build has three shifted destroyers, in such a way. Send them out and do some damage. Yeah. Yeah. I I know it's like a way That's you know if you, if you if you go back way back in the show, this is the type of play that we would like kind of harp on. But I think the problem is that Yin's spot just got kind of blowed up by other factions. Yeah. There's too many factions now that are good at this type of thing. Yeah. And I think we just need to play into the other stuff Yin is good at. Yep. In order to make them feel more versatile. And I think if they were like a round one terror, right? Uh, that that would be cool if that was something that happened to them. Yeah, I don't know. I think so too. Yeah, round one or round two, because they have a really good start, right? They're 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 a two C four I faction that starts with Sarween tools. Like that's pretty mm -hmm. good. Um, and so if you could have like the the uh, the idea that you always have like a really good round two, I think that would be pretty pretty cool for Yin to have access to. I was like, I've always kind of wished that Yin didn't have two. Like that, that Yin had a special destroyer instead yeah. of it being like, of course, yeah, that would have been, that would have been cool. Instead yeah. of it being like, we've got Yin spinner. I mean, I think, I think you could do that with a commander, right? A commander becomes like a nascent ability, like a, a, a passive ability. So mm -hmm. if you could, if you could do it where once they unlock, like once they use devotion once, then they unlock a, an ability that improves their destroyers outside of it being a destroyer unit upgrade. If they're, Ooh, if they're, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if their commander could be related to, uh, destroyers. I mean, heck, I know our, this is Argent's thing, but if Yin was that also their destroyers have one capacity, but it's via the uh, commander, right? So you don't have it round one. You can't have a crazy round one, but mid game you have destroyers that also carry Yin infantry. That could be something. I would be more interested in, instead of giving them capacity and, and sort of giving them what because I feel like what Argent has is these destroyers that are a very efficient mm -hmm. defense. Right. Um, they're not a super efficient offense. I just like the idea of Yin being all about blowing stuff up. Uh huh. And that it's just like no matter what you got, Yin might be blowing it up. And I think the idea is taking the huge van and scaling it and saying like the destroyers are kind of like tiny vans Man. and they will blow up your stuff and you got to look out for it i'll go i'll go one step further uh this is this is a completely stupid idea but i don't care 
yeah, what, if com- what if their commander was uh, that your units don't die to the Van Hog, and then the Van Hog is like this other crazy kind of nuke. Oh. But and then but then keep the commander unlock quite difficult, right? Like keep it as indoctrinate or like even harder or whatever. I don't care. Like make it like a Muat style unlock. But then if they do it like the Van, you know, if you do your commander and you get Van Hog out there, you can kind of do whatever you want, brother. Hmm. I don't know. I... That's kind of a goofy, stupid idea, but it's it's, it's maybe that could there. be the hero, right? Like maybe the hero could be when the when the when, when the van, van when the huge is van destroyed <laughs> is destroyed. That's a cool trigger there for you a go. hero. Sure, too. A one time one time free van. Yeah, I don't know if that would come up enough, but I I, I do like the idea. Yeah, we need it. We need to get Yin back into blowing stuff up again. I, I just want them to be fun. At. Like I don't care if any of that stuff is good. I just yeah, that's think true. that that's would true. be more. I just if the van had like a cool use like that once per game, that's fun enough for me, man. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, what other what other Omega stuff do we want? Well, here's my here was my other thing. I think that's on factions. That's all I need, right? You could sit here and errata factions till the cows come home and like try to perfectly balance this game, but I'm not interested in that at all. Um, Hunter wanted to add uh, new amazing relics to the deck. I think that's one solution. And then my other solution would be like wipe out all the relics pretty much and give me like a fully new Omega relic deck. I mean, I would probably keep things like Shard of the Throne. Um, I might change Crown of, of Amphidia slightly. I think the Crown of Amphidia timing we have learned over time is practically useless. It's really hard to find the tomb. And then it's really hard to have the crown and have the tomb uh and then it's hard for that to matter after the status phase so often the crown doesn't point. sync up until it's too late and so yeah if it was an action phase point that would be awesome i think the crown i wish relics were tradable items honestly i Whoa. wish all of the relics were tradable matt that's nutty yeah because if you could sell the crown to the person who holds tomb or whatever like if you could make that a a a potential transaction i just think that's already more interesting so i don't know i i I just want a relic deck that like 15 cards and they're better balanced across the board and they just do slightly more interesting things i think the relic deck is a great idea and was a cool addition to the game but i think um now that we've had a year with it, we've seen that it has limited uses, and I'd love to see basically like a second pass at it. Everything in hmm. POK is essentially a first edition of its kind, right? I mean, for, TI 4th edition was like a wonderful refinement of all of the ideas of 3rd edition, or most of the ideas of 3rd edition. And the stuff that is brand new to POK, I mean, it's the first time we've done it. So, of course, it's not going to be like perfect. It's not refined. Right. It's not perfectly refined. So I I think there's room for refinement in that relic deck. I feel like I don't love this solution. Like the idea of throwing out that much stuff. Totally. And that's generally uh, that's generally not a good idea to go. I, I mean, I think the idea of proposing any Omega stuff for an expansion is still kind of like a bad investment. And that that's something people don't like. Right. People don't like to buy an expansion just to throw out half of their old stuff and replace it. They want new stuff. I also don't think that the relic deck is as far gone as you're saying, sure. which is weird because I thought I was the one that hated the relic deck, but you're the one talking about throwing it all in the trash can yeah. and starting over. I just, I still don't. I kind of like it, but I want it. I do wish it was better. I wish more people were invested in it. Yeah, I think it can be fixed if you add enough uh, new S tier yeah. relics that really change the game. Uh, even if you want to add, like, basically, we just don't need any more not good relics they should all be bangers basically right and then i think you can kind of get it up to a percentage where it's like very worth it to go after them yeah i think um 
The last thing we wrote down for Omega stuff here, I don't, I don't even stand by this point that much, but I'm the one who wrote it down. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind some generic tech getting a second pass, primarily some yellow and green stuff. I, I wouldn't mind Daxiv being slightly changed. I wouldn't mind yeah. uh, uh, predictive intelligence getting another try. I wouldn't mind integrated economy like being made even better so that people like really are itching to get it. You know, I, I, I yeah. think I think there's a few things you could do in all those tech trees to sort of improve those techs. Um, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to drive that point home because I don't think it's actually that important. I think the tech tree is relatively okay, um, especially with like there is actually enough yellow tech in the game because there's enough there's enough factions in the game with killer yellow faction tech that like you go you go down the yellow tech tree decently often. Mentak, sure. Hakan, sometimes an extra wants to go down there. Uh, I think green does need help though, I think and green I think could use help. I think yellow help wouldn't be not appreciated. You know, sure. I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine if yellow and green got some got some boons. Because, yeah, I mean, the game had a, you know, there was there was base game where it felt like blue was too good, and now it feels like blue is too good still. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. So it, it, I feel like it would be good to kind of shake that up a little and bit. And I don't want to nerf blue. Like, I, I, blue is fun. No. Like the reason it's good is because it's fun and good stuff, and I just want the other ones to be kind of just as fun in their own in their own unique ways. It could even be that blue is still just kind of the essential one and that never really changes because right. blue's whole thing is movement. Right. And movement and is important. bonkers yeah. huge. Right. Um, but if, you know, the other, if yellow and green were like, oh my God, I'm always so tempted to take that mm -hmm. because if I have this type of game, that could be really clutch. Yeah. And it could be that I don't, may, maybe I don't need to do as much movement this round. I just think that green and yellow should feel free to to feel a little bit busted yeah. in some ways because they don't help you move around the map and moving around the map is busted if you ask me right being able to move that's kind well, of a lot i think the the thoughts behind the text need to be kind of like reconsidered and the idea because because what we've learned is blue movement is the best movement is good and yeah. red tech has kind of started to get its day in the sun because there's enough combat objectives that like overwhelming your opponent and having the right stuff, you know, having destroyer two assault cannons, really not that bad. Duranium can have its place. Um, getting those things going is helpful enough. And that is like aligned with movement, right? It's aligned with taking spaces on the board. And I feel like green could lean even more into like command token economy outside of just hyper metabolism to right. improve not movement, but like access to actions right access to number of things we can do per round or whatever that that is helpful in its own way outside of just the number of hexes i can get to i feel like the the boons you receive from the different tech trees need to be reconsidered in line with what wins games and they all need to right. feed into what wins games because right now yellow doesn't really feed into what wins games yellow assumes you're winning a game and gives you some defensive tools to secure that victory, kind of. Right. I mean, like half the tech does that. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think that's kind of like if 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 the theme of green informally and kind of just design talk was like tempo, right? Instead of whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, and then if yellow's theme was more like, I don't know anti-wind slaying well if it could <laughs> if it could even be if it could be more economy stuff that just fires quicker you know if, if it's just like man you get you, if you go down yellow tech tree you're just gonna have so many units out there that there's no way you can't do something with them 
where it, like right. red is like make your units hit harder yellow could just be it's so much easier to get more units out there sarween is a little bit that transit diodes is like getting your infantry in the right space integrated economy has that in its head <laughs> it's just so far down the tech tree that it's hard to make it pay off but yeah i think i think those ideas are there they just need to be reinforced yeah yeah i like it i i think i think uh I think we've uh, kind of walked into Dane's office and thrown a lot of work on the table and been yeah. like, wait, here's, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Actually, we've got even more now that I'm looking. I'm scrolling down on the yeah, script. Yeah, we have quite like, a bit more. more. Although yeah. I don't think all of it takes as much. But hey, let's uh, let's break away real quick. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's talk about some ad stuff and we'll come back and we'll talk about our goofy, completely new ideas that we want to get into. Uh-huh. Okay, we're back. Let's get weird. Let's get very weird. Uh, so we've been yeah. talking about like, oh, we want more of X and we want to change up Y. We want to do this thing. Now let's talk about like, I literally want just fully, what are our new, let's put on our game design hats and just come up with new stuff for a new expansion. What, what areas are untapped in this board game that we could actually add to, much as I might not want to because it's already quite a bloated game. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's bloat it, baby. Yeah. Let's get bloated, okay? <laughs> Um, more factions, oh new God. factions. 24 is not enough. Oh we need God. 30. We need 30 factions in 36. order for me. We need, oh yeah, that'll be what I say once we get 30. I'll exactly. be like, we need 40. <laughs> and you know what's a good, nice number? 50, because it's half 100. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's uh -huh. pretty good. 50 factions? Oh my God. Can Would love even... 50 factions. What um, factions what are some ideas? could even be in there? Yeah. What do we? What? What? What ideas are untapped? Into... So the idea, the core idea of a faction is it takes one mechanic, one or two mechanics of the game, and kind of says, "Uh-uh, yeah, don't worry about that. You're good at that. You're better at that. You're different at that." Yeah. Well, that was a horrible introduction to my first proposed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, new faction, which doesn't really have an answer to that question at all. <laughs> I just think it would be funny if there was another nomad. <laughs> If there was, <laughs> it's so it's a nomad from another timeline. That's <laughs> so the, it's like the Terminator to the nomads, John Connor. Uh -huh. Okay, right. So it's another nomad that's been sent back in time or is traveling through time that's here to stop the original nomad. That's just the thematics of it. This is I think it would be day. like yeah. It would be like a mean nomad yeah. instead of like having like an economic kind of uh, here's all my options kind of thing. This is like a nomad that does evil. It's that Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. No, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. bad nomad. No, he yeah. is. <laughs> and maybe maybe one thing I thought was because the name couldn't just be the nomad uh -huh. again. Uh -huh. Like, so I was thinking it could be called the nomads <laughs> and it's. And each, and it, it's like a team of nomads from different uh, timelines, and they've and they've been all sent uh, back to to kill the original nomad. Um, I think that's a good idea. I love it. Good um, job. Is there Terminator. a dragon it's, in it? Is there room for a dragon in this faction? Nope. The dragon has uh, other things to do in the game <laughs> than to be a part of my nomads <laughs> faction. The nomads. Come on, you love it. Yeah, you love it. Um, as uh, Alice pointed out in our priorata. Uh, of last week's episode or our errata of last week's episode I, I would agree with the argument that there actually is not a proper PDS faction you know we have Argent Flight uses PDS for sort of like crazy things 
Uh, Titans have special PDS, but I think they have proven to not be like quite as effective as we'd like to see. I would love to see a capital P, capital D, capital S, capital S space cannon faction. I would like one uh -huh. where space cannon is like their bread and butter. They use space cannon offensively, like a bunch of their ships or whatever have bonus uh, space cannon or like their PDS can be moved and their PDS can fire space cannon from the sky. Whatever that looks like. I want like an actual PDS faction. Yeah, all right. You have no no ideas for theme. Just you want it you want it to be shooty shoot. I mean, you can do shooty anything in sci-fi, right? Like it's, it can literally be anything. It's 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 a it is another store, sort of necro virus like technology hive mind thing that overrides systems and allows PDS to be lifted from the ground. It's, it's the jetpack faction. We strapped rocket boosters to all our PDS. Look out, everybody! We're the rocket team. Yeah, I like it more the idea that they're like bumpkins mm -hmm. that are really invested in like old technology. Uh -huh. So the idea is the PDS are like old school, like giant pirate cannons yeah. that literally shoot like trash into the air <laughs> in order to win fights. You yeah. know what I mean? Like some sort of trash throwing faction that's just lobbing excrement and scrap uh -huh. through the universe Ooh, can that be, i've always wanted a blob faction like just you know like space like blob the blob just a big amorphous amoeba can it be like that Whoa. like a blob that like collects and then fires out trash from its own amorphous uh body that's what now I want. it's really gross it's it was really like kind of gross before yeah um yeah okay so trash faction they're big blobby blobbers and they're blobbing out trash and garbage <laughs> everywhere in the universe and that i just like the PDS. idea of a stinky faction yeah yeah well, that's what we need we need a stinky grimy stinkers faction. yeah we need a stinky um, faction honor you got one written down here that you've talked about before but you you've had this idea forever well and and i'm not the only one that's had this sure. idea i just would love if there was an official faction with some sort of variable commodity uh thing yeah. or just a, a faction that where the commodity, the way the commodity system works for them is just like completely different. Yeah. Um, and maybe they also have different rules when it comes to transactions. Right. I like how transactions in, in TI4 are a little bit codified and, and it's in a very manageable way. And I would love if there was a faction that interacted more specifically with transactions. I mean, the only thing I can think of at this point is the Mintac with that pillage sure. happens based off of any transactions. Um, but I think there's, I think there's a deeper well when it comes to working off uh, transactions, I have always wanted, I've never had time to finish it, but I've always wanted to make a sort of uh, mafia yeah. faction, a right. family uh, faction where uh, it's, it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. Cause we have pirates. Yeah. Right. That's one thing, but it's another thing for there to be kind of like a, like a black market yeah. version of the Hakan that is like, uh, like you know, they're like mafiosos. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Some mafiosos, get some mafiosos. What's the in flavor there. of that? What was this family look like? I know you've previously said dog faction. Is that still? Is no, this, no, is no. This your dog faction. My dog faction has changed slightly. Okay, great. I, I would like, I would like maybe this faction to be, um, kind of big and intimidating. Yeah. Like kind of like, did you ever see Spider Man into the Spider Verse? Yeah. You know how like Kingpin is in that where yeah, he's like yeah. his, Huge. his body's massive yeah. and then he has like a tiny little square head yeah. that doesn't even go to the top of his body. Yeah. That's what I love about that. Um, <laughs> I want him to look like that. That's like basically. almost a muat. What you just described is almost a uh, gas nah, fly. 
No, it's not. It's not going to be like a gaslight. They're going to be yeah. wearing suits. Okay. Yeah. Smoking you cigars. want a Tweedledee, Tweedledum faction. Yeah, that is what I want. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum smoking cigars, wearing suits with the little the little corset yeah. uh, there, and uh, and tattoos. They have tattoos. Yes. Um, just to throw out for stuff for the lore heads. Hey, we brought back the Mahawk Gene Sorcerers, uh, and and we've seen the Lazex as a as a faction before. Um, but uh, let's do it again. Give me the Lazix again. We've got, we are tra this game is now traveling through time. Literally everything's on the table. Uh, we have the L1Z1X, but why don't their why don't their you know former forms get to come back? I, I would not hate to see a Lazix. I would love to see that scenario return in a in a fourth edition format. Um, so yeah, give me give me the Lazix again. Also, there's a Twilight Imperium RPG coming out within the next year or so it's kind of like up in the air when that thing's actually going to be released but there's a thing in it and i've seen people iterate on this idea before is the main reason i'm bringing it up but there's this thing called the Calaris, and they are like the galactic council secret police and they're basically the rpg's excuse to let you play as any race uh, but why you would be working together, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all of the factions send some of their their finest to this squad that then goes out and does stuff on behalf of the Galactic Council. Um, and I think seeing that represented as a faction itself could be kind of kind of cool, a little tie-in for the RPG folks. Yeah, and also it could be a fun faction because they could kind of uh, it could sort of feel like a Franken draft. Yeah, faction. borrowing elements from a bunch of other factions, kind of thing. That'd be cool. I think that would be really cool. That's a great idea, Matt. Um, they could even maybe borrow from the from the dragon. Hey, one more thing. Let's let's tap Twilight Imperium Third Edition again for ideas. Um, uh -huh. This the first one I have listed here. I'm actually serious about, which is artifacts. There were artifacts in third edition, which were these little things that you knew exactly what planet they were on. This is something you could probably just add to like the exploration deck or whatever, or to like relics. I don't know. But artifacts were essentially like a, a 50-ish, 50% chance of uncovering a victory point on that planet. And whoever controls that victory point or whoever, whoever controls that planet controls that victory point. Um, and right. it was it added some really good late game spice to like people's ability to do big swings and wind slays. I mean, imagine Shard of the Throne, but like there's a bunch of them all over the place. I also think artifacts could be a great addition to solving our round five problem that we have in 10 point, which is like, hey, if you throw out a bunch more points for people to get and that for them also to be taken away, like these variable points we can make 14 points significantly more viable. Like imagine if 14 point was easy to finish in six rounds. Cause like round six still feels right. like the sweet spot in, in terms of timing of a game. Um, but right now, like that's a really murky proposition. But if you could get three more points on the board reliably every single game, I feel like 14 point in six rounds is a, is a pretty normal thing that could happen. And you can oh, see, see games happen saying. a lot faster. Because I was about to be like, that's way too many points, Matt, to put on the board. But right. yeah, if the whole point is making 14-pointer uh, the, the standard right. and moving, making 14-point a little bit faster, if 10 points is too too fast, then 14-point could be just right if we added in yeah. artifacts. I say this. 
We need to give Stellar Converter something to shoot at. That's true. Yeah, if you could destroy time. an artifact too, that would be great to improve. That's a really good point, Hunter. <laughs> Just make yeah. make Stellar Converter that's the work. The thing on I hate it. about Stellar Converter is it has nothing of value yeah. to Nova shoot C, at. It always does. The same same idea. Like if you could steal right. a point from someone and just make it go away, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, give us artifacts. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and also, it'd be cool if the art if we get more if the artifacts are like in the exploration deck. Uh huh. But there's like maybe one in each deck. Right. And if the exploration deck is generally bigger, we're just kind of like, uh oh, I don't know if we're even gonna yeah. get one. Really and bad just, odds. Like, some games but... they all three come out. Right. Sometimes only one of them comes out. Sometimes none of them comes out. This is also kind of an NRA buff. I was about I to say, love, this but. This could be way too good for Nasroka, but uh, I don't know. You got to figure that out on the back end, I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, the other thing you've written down here, Matt, is mercenaries. You want them back. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't hold to this one too strongly. Um, what I do know is that Dane had an interest in mercenaries, and it just is an idea that never panned out. Um, but we have a leader system. I mean, there's a way to, like, incorporate leaders as a mercenary system in some way. Um, but I don't know that there's a way to do it that isn't horribly messy. And I never vouched for mercenaries in third edition. But I'm proposing it as, like, hey, you homebrewers, if you can, like, really come up with a cool, effective, simple mercenary system, I'm in. Let's go. Let's add it in. I don't care. I think that it would be cool if mercenaries went back to what they were before which is it's like a separate unit little market like a, yeah yeah it's a new well no 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 not that part oh, just sure. the part where it's it is its own unit yeah because i love the idea of a unit with one ability sort of like the flagship um yeah they're publicly available but perhaps you can only buy them for a single round yeah. and then you lose them again right so you would in the status phase buy mercenaries maybe in the i don't know or maybe you do it in the agenda phase. There's just like a step, easier. though. What you're saying is like there's a there's a there's a mercenary purchasing like auction, a mercenary auction phase of every status right. phase or whatever, where we all get some new abilities for this round and this round only. You know, maybe it would be cool if the way mercenaries worked is at the beginning of the agenda phase, you can buy a mercenary, but it costs all of your influence, and you right. do not get to vote in the agendas. Hmm. And the mercenaries are really good. Right. You only get them for one round, but you have to sit out that agenda phase. That's kind yeah. of a fun choice, I feel like. Maybe so. Something something in that vein. I, but I do think there's room for that lore, at the very least, for that like flavor uh, to exist in the game. Um, I, would, I would go even further and propose it like this. It would be, you have these three mercenary pieces. They're like this cool-looking ships. They're, it's all the same piece, though. Sure. Um, oh, actually, I guess we'd have to have one for every color. Um, so, so ignore that, ignore the pieces. So we have one, one, one piece in every color. Then there's like a deck of mercenary cards. And let's say there's like 15 of them. Sure. At the beginning of the game, you shuffle the mercenary deck and you reveal three. Yeah. These are the only mercenaries that we'll have access to. Each player will get to buy them once and then they go away. They only last for one round. I think that's like a fun little... Yeah. Wouldn't get too old. You're, you're getting so in the weeds for me that I, I start to tune out of like, I don't know who knows how that plays out. And and like, maybe it's two per game. Maybe it's just the one per round. I don't know. I But I agree. Some limited. I like the idea of like variable extra flagships, basically. Yes. That's just, yes. just that's good flavor. That's cool. And yep. that's good flavor. And I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just think I think it's a system that what was bad about it in TI3 
was that if you used it a lot, it just kind of felt samey. Everybody yeah. always wanted the exact same mercenary every right. time. Right. And so what I'm saying is mercenaries are back, but it's very random which ones will be available mm -hmm. and they don't last very long. So they're just like, they add a little extra flavor to one round and then that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've also got uh, the idea that I think Hunter and I have both wanted in various different ways and we could kind of go on and on about this. But uh -oh. Alternate, this could be a whole episode. Yeah, this could be a whole episode, but alternate strategy cards was a thing in TI3. There were essentially two decks of strategy cards, um, but I, I would love a new set of strategy cards that sort of rethinks the balance of strategy cards, and there's a lot you could do within that. First and foremost, the thing that's been requested since 2005, a ninth strategy card. Give me nine, so that four-player and eight-player games aren't screwed and every single it's not right. fun when all eight of the strategy cards get taken i want that side of it gone and literally just adding nine makes it work three player everybody gets two there's three left out four player everybody gets two there's one left out and then from then on everybody gets one and there's x left out and it's fine nine strategy cards and rebalance the whole deck around nine i think would be awesome I, there's it's completely arbitrary that it's eight at this point what would the ninth card do well, I mean, I think you could go back to the drawing board with all of them, right? So with, with a new set of nine, you can do whatever. I know what I've always wanted is an exploration strategy card. I don't I don't love that, uh, like, Nosroka and then, like, Scanlink kind of have the market on doing exploration. And Scanlink is, is a bit of a questionable uh, investment. And it would be awesome if there was the ability to, as a primary, like explore a planet once around or, or whatever, some some amount of ex exploration, especially if we like double the size of, of the exploration decks and add artifacts and like add all this stuff. Like if you boost how much exploration there is to do, I think you need to have more exploration accessible to the players. So I think a strategy card uh, would help that. What about primary explore one planet of each type Whoa. so you can explore one cultural one industrial one hazardous that's a lot that's not that much because then you got to have those sure so you might you might have a might slice that's like this is not very good true for it but then some slices will be like this is really good for ex exploration uh and then the secondary is like explore one planet yeah some i think yeah. something like that would work spend a strategy counter to explore one planet or whatever um, that might be a nefarious. Well, I mean, you're spending one strategy card to explore a planet with Scanlink anyways, but you're also like usually getting a build out of it or something. So I don't know. There's something there. Um, yeah, I, I would I would love to see that. But I, I think you could also get more inventive with strategy cards in general. Um, right. I've I've long thought about this idea and never actually like nailed anything. I, I think there's weaknesses to every system. Um, but I would love a system that is inspired more by the warfare strategy card than anything else, which is that warfare does two very different things, right? I mean, they're like similar in thought, but like one is like, I take the token away and then the reaction is like opposite that, right? Everybody else gets to build. So I'm giving myself access to like strike at someone's home system, but everyone gets to build in their home system first. I right. wish every strategy card had that yin yang kind of thing where it wasn't just, I get three command counters and then everybody else buys command counters. I wish it was like, I get three command counters and then everybody else gets something different. That's right. always been an idea in my head, but I don't know how to balance that. I mean, I'm, I'm not a game developer. I'm, I'm really bad at working out the math of that stuff, but I, I feel like you could kind of establish an economy of components um, more exactly than I think Twilight Imperium has ever considered its economy and then let there be that yin yang and push and pull of all of the things. You Then you don't run into the issues of like, 
uh oh, uh, tech. If you if anyone takes tech, they give everyone else access to just doing tech, which means nobody wants to take tech. Like that is kind of an interesting choice. But what if it was like I can take tech without recourse, and if everybody else wants to do tech, they need someone to take the exploration strategy card, right? Because the yeah, secondary yeah. of exploration is research tech or whatever. So the primaries and secondaries don't match up. You right. take it for the primary, and then the secondary is sort of like everybody else gets to do that. Right. What I don't like about that. Well, wait, no. I think I do like that. It. I'm trying to think of if if, if I can think of any issues that that might create. None of them. None I, of them jump out at me. Yeah. I mean, I think the I, hardest issue is just coming up with thematics. Like you could just randomly, ar like you could just arbitrarily assign things. But then it's like, what do you call the strategy card? What's it? What, why is it that? Like, why is it command counters versus action cards? And then why is it exploration versus tech? Like that's that's hard to do. Um, but I I think there's a way to to work around that eventually. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I I think I honestly don't want to talk about that too much because my yeah. brain is firing on every right on it. Like that, this the, this is a topic I think for uh, a future uh, entire future episode for of sure. Space Gatsby Turtles. I agree. Um, man, getting the secondary of leadership off of a the number one card, maybe that's something, huh? That might mm -hmm. be something. I'd like that. Maybe I know we've gotten we've talked to Milty in the past about like what if leadership wasn't number one and milty said something like you can't for some reason or and i trust milty if milty said you can't then you probably can't for some <laughs> right. reason implicitly trust milty but th i mean there are reasons but yeah what if what if leadership didn't grant you command tokens but granted everybody else command tokens but it was a thing you wanted to do right away right like what if it was if leadership was build you get to produce out of any of your space stocks or out of any of your units with production so like your first action is like build a bunch of new ships that are unactivated but everybody else gets their command counters for the round like that's kind of a Ooh. cool yin and yang like that that is a that's a tough choice of whether or not i want to pop that strategy card right so now. so you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna score first i get to build out of all of my space stocks yeah but I've basically said the entire table gets wind slay opportunities yeah. galore. Right. Basically. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Well, uh, um, okay. Let's, let's, I, I, to me, that's like tapping everything. I can think that TI needs left outside of if we decided to just truly, I mean, literally, you can get Philroy on these kids and like just come up with completely new mini games within TI. So what we wrote in here is that Hunter and I are going to improvise one. And Hunter, you said you had an idea, and I haven't thought of one yet. So I'm okay. in the, and the background of you presenting me your new improvised mechanic, I'm going to come up with mine. It's so this one's too big, okay, and it's and it's real goofy, but I just think it would be cool. If whenever you take, and this, oh, I'm just realizing this kind of, well, no, it doesn't hurt, Winu. Actually, yeah, yeah no, I got to fix. Okay. So every single leader in the game, whenever you take Mechatol Rex, you have to appoint one of your leaders that is available <laughs> to serve at, on Mechatol on Rex. And you lose yeah. access to that leader. You lose access to that ability, no. but then that leader is upgraded to a new specific ability <laughs> that, and every single leader would have to have their alternative Mechatol Rex, oh like God. they would have to have their Formal. crown version. Yeah. My their, final form, you haven't even their, seen. <laughs> their form. matriarch or patriarch or whatever yeah. arc form, uh, where their ability, it now functions sort of like a legendary planet ability would, and that yeah. has more to do with Mechatol Rex itself. That's hilarious. Um, 
it's too much. It's a bad idea. Oh, that's but I great. just think it I just think it's funny if you're like, all right, I'm sending so and so to serve on Mechatol Rex. <laughs> I think that would be great. Yeah. I love that. I actually I genuinely love that. That's a I mean, you're really good at just ripping one ripping them off the dome. I, I don't I don't like just come up with ideas that quickly. I, I have to sit and ruminate on them for weeks. I have an um, active imagination. Yeah. I have a child's imagination. <laughs> I have, and I've told you this before, baby brain. Yeah. Okay? Right. I have a baby's brain, and there are pros and cons to that, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think the mechanic I would love to just kind of throw out there, I mean, my first thought is I always want a little bit more going on. Uh, well, I say this. I, want, I, I say I want more going on in the agenda phase, but the reality is we have too much going on at the agenda phase. It's yeah. too formulaic. It's very bureaucratic. Um, so I almost wouldn't mind like a redux on, I mean, this is, I guess, Omega, but it's not an Omega component. It's Omega agenda phase. <laughs> and I would love to sort of like change the when after messy business of agendas. Um, but I don't, I don't know that I have like a perfect proposal of what all that looks like. I know in the past we've talked about like the secret voting, like think about Game of Thrones style yeah, uh, yeah. bidding system. I would love something like that. And then like trade goods get to be thrown in. Like you have all of your votes, but then like the factions with trade goods get to secretly include their bid. Um, I don't know. I, I think the predictability of the agenda phase very often actually just makes it kind of a process we all suffer through and it isn't actually like i don't know how often we're actually having that much fun in the agenda phase and if there was a way to sometimes it's really fun though sometimes, sometimes agenda phases pop off i know but... and, and it's when the decisions are like very crazy and i just feel like uh making I, I, this probably isn't true but like the idea of like making things more up in the air means people do crazier things means more bombastic things happen in the agenda phase i also just think the agenda phase doesn't need to be as long as it is so more things just like secretly happening and then all popping off at once um, might speed that up like if the agenda phase could just reliably be five minutes or less that would be great because i think right now we end up with a lot of like 10 minute long agenda phases to to no avail right so often it's like we talk forever and then we all decide to vote against and then we're, we move on there's some flavor to that there's some interest like that's part of the joy of ti is like hey listen there's just like a lot of t talking and politicking but i don't know i just would like to see that maybe reformatted slightly i think that in a way this is don't don't freak out listeners what if you could not do transactions during yeah. the agenda phase right um let me let me think about it this way if you could not do transactions during the agenda phase then the person that takes politics and knows what agendas are coming out is they have a leg up yeah and that they can go ahead and and this is why i think you should be able to show um the, the agendas yeah. to to people they can go ahead and make a deal to try and get it to happen their way. And everyone else is just going to be surprised by it. And their interests either overlap or don't. And of course, you're still welcome to propose non-binding deals. Sure. But it there won't be the same level of, I can... Because I think the problem is an agenda comes out. And because transactions can be performed right at that moment, everyone thinks if it's a... if it if it's an agenda of consequence that this is actually an opening for them to negotiate any number of wild deals that mm -hmm. maybe don't even have to do directly with the agenda. Right. 
And I think that's the part that needs to be shut down. Now, I feel like maybe my solution here might be taking too much fun out of it. I don't know. Hard to say. Right. Um, but I do feel like that is kind of where it gets into trouble because the idea that this is a moment where you can do a transaction with any of the other five players is a lot to potentially talk about. And sometimes the agenda is not worth having that ability well and how often does a boring agenda become more about the writers than the agenda i'm almost thinking that's fine throw out all every single agenda action card and reformat it into a new form like i wouldn't mind some just Hmm. agenda phase components or whatever like if we just took all of those ideas which are cool ideas imperial rider is an awesome very cool action card that changes things up crazy but what if imperial rider couldn't just be sabotaged right that's the boring part about imperial rider is just like well you save your sabotage and you get rid of it and then it's nothing what if the imperial rider was a thing people could still get access to and then you actually have to do the vote about Imperial Rider and you got to make it happen. And and I think you could turn all of the writers into some other form of thing. Like I just said, making it faster, but what if there was like strategy cards for the agenda phase and you like quickly drafted role? I mean, I know. So what I'm almost getting into more is like that really stupid political intrigue deck deck in the uh in ti3 yeah, that was a complete waste that. of time but like you had extra uh, ambassadors that you sent to your galactic council and you could do really stupid things with them and that's where the, the implementation of the system failed but what if you did have like people you had diplomats that you were sending to the galactic council and they are the ones that got you these rider powers and all of that kind of thing if there was just like a special deck that we we were dealing from to gain these powers in the agenda phase to do certain things i think that could be kind of cool now you've done proposed something though so much more yeah. than that I'm not I think you've gotten away from your original goal here. I think, I think so. now you've made it more complicated and yep. will take longer, which Probably. is not the goal, Matt. Well, if it if it could be more complicated but not like it wasn't the bureaucratic like when and then after. Like if we could just get rid of all whens and afters and then the voting mm-hmm. happens much quicker. I think you could have a little bit of process on the front end. The very start of the agenda phase, there's like a quick drafting of things. And then you just do votes, and there's nothing else that interrupts the votes necessarily. Um, that would be. What if there how were like a bunch of jobs at the council? <laughs> there's like there's the speaker, there's the treasurer. I just want to do the- Monaco. I want to do Burgle Brothers of the Galactic Council. We're pulling off a heist inside the Galactic Whoa, that's Council. A compl- you're going a completely robbing. different Let's direction do, okay, than here's, I was. Uh, here, here's, here's my actual improvised new mechanic. You Kraken's Casino so is just now actually a mechanic. Let's do Kraken's Casino, but you get to have the, the engineer and the, the Kraken's swindler. Casino already is a mechanic. <laughs> it's already in the game. When Kraken did the casino, it's not like Kraken was making up anything new. Kraken was, was using what was there, okay? <laughs> and when Kraken proposes Kraken's Pottery Barn, uh-huh. which is a gauntlet I have thrown, yep. Kraken, this is this is for one person he needs now. this. <laughs> I need one point Kraken, on my prediction Give bracket. me Kraken's Pottery Barn. And people keep, people are sailing past this idea. Uh-huh. They're not even addressing it. I'm seeing people talk about it as if I'm just joking. Man, I think they mostly think I'm joking because I don't even know what I mean. Okay, <laughs> but give me Kraken's Pottery Barn now. Yep. Give me. Yeah. Okay, We're, we've we've come to almost the close of this episode, but we had no, one we more. We no, had we one haven't. more thing to. Uh, I don't know. Pitch. What is this? What are, What are we doing now, Hunter? We have a thing on our outline uh, that says some very specific words that I don't. I don't know how to introduce this. I think so. This is just like. I think me and Matt have been thinking about this for a long time, and we think that we know what 
because this is this this is an episode about the future, right? Like, yep. what is the future of this game? Um, I think, and Matt thinks, and I think other people think that this game has become a little more digital. Yeah. And that maybe the digital aspect of it means that it could be more alive as in it changes and sharpens itself at a faster rate. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. We sort of know for a fact that Twilight Imperium is, you know what? I'm just going to say it. It's an esport. I'm laughing. <laughs> Twilight Imperium <laughs> is the Dota of board games, is what we're saying. I think, and we, we wish it actually willed that into that existence. Way. Yeah, we have willed Ti to become Dota. We we've implemented drafts and bans in tournament games. We uh, we've begged Dane to like give us stuff routinely by way of codices. Dane is Ice Frog. I'm getting into some deep Dota lore at this no, point. No, yeah, we don't Dota even folks. need this, man. We don't need we that. We don't even need the this. The point is this. I propose we make TI a video game. Let's go. And it's but it feel it still feels like a board game. I don't know how that I don't know how we do this. This is just an idea Hunter and a I want digital, to want to exist in the alone board game right. version of Twilight Imperium with all of the bells and whistles that that would afford the game. Yeah. The game changes and updates more quickly um it i feel like the the audience is primed for it you could give me and me and matt and all of the other great tournament streamers a lot of excellent functionality that would make the game more streamable uh, easier to understand from a viewer uh point of view and could just i don't know it would just make the game i i just think we're kind of there already it's like this well, this is a digital board game, basically. And and who knows? Maybe 5th edition is digital. Or if it does have a physical release, it's almost treated more as a snapshot of where the digital game is right now. Yeah. Just let us... I'm talking to... I'm not even talking to Dane with this one. We're right. talking to the higher powers, yeah. okay? We're talking to the to the people that are that are not listening. <laughs> that definitely we're don't actively <laughs> don't listen to this show. So what we're saying is, you dear listener, start start sharpening your pitchfork, I guess, and let's go to FFG headquarters and demand no a digital. Don't, yes, don't let's even go, joke mob. about. I'm rabble rousing. Matt, <laughs> do not joke about internet mobs. No. <laughs> joking about internet mobs okay i will never yeah i will never lead an internet mob to do anything <laughs> but maybe everyone could sarcastically like kind of in a snarky way like just kind of email ffg and be and t- maybe take a picture of 20 to 30 dollars yeah let's say you have cash right you, t- you send them a snapshot and be like dang this cash right this 20 to 30 dollars is pretty lonely would we'll be <laughs> I, it would be great if it had a home to live in, you know, maybe in exchange for a edition. product. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in exchange for a TI digital edition, you could have this 20 to $30. I would like <laughs> the price point to be between 20 and $30. It's a digital board right. game. Okay. Yeah. Shouldn't be more than that. It's well, not a $50 game. Here's Don't the other even. reality is, hey, uh, COVID sucked, huh? And a lot of us just like didn't get to play TI in person yeah. because... Uh, Eight hours with six people in a small room is sort of the thing they say don't do. Uh, just, yeah. just a little bit. 
So oh, I've been experiencing it, Matt. Ever yeah. since I got to New York, uh, people been gr- a lot of great people. By the way, I just want to say thank you to every New Yorker that has reached out to me since I got here. I have felt very welcomed. Yeah. Um, to the to the TI community here, and I feel really good about it. That being said, been trying to play games with people. Nope. Not happening. Mm-mm. It's not happening. I'm trying. Like yeah. you know, it's like you can you can do the thing where everybody gets tested and then shows up at a thing. Uh, but guess what? A lot of those tests, you find stuff out, huh? <laughs> you, you, that's the thing about this new COVID right now is people walking around and they're like, wait, what? Me? I've I been haven't? selected? And yeah, you have. And the other thing too is I don't want to get too dark here, but maybe TI should be a digital board game because maybe maybe this doesn't, maybe COVID is forever. I don't yeah, know. Like maybe that's real forever. Dark. And also, hey, let's be real. $150 plus $100 expansion is a lot to pay for a thing you never touch. Uh, yeah. And, and hey, just like whatever, let's get outside of this idea of like, oh, but what about the piracy of, of Tabletop Simulator and Tabletop Playground? Like that exists and that is true and that is real. But every oh, we're single still per- working with Tabletop Playground, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. We're not bringing this idea up being like, oh, this is where we're not putting our eggs in this nest. We no. know better yeah, than yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that. But the point here is not every single person that plays Twilight Imperium owns Twilight Imperium. That's absurd, right? But if you split that cost up, 20 to 30 bucks for a digital version, and then we all do have to own it, but now we all get to do it in the comfort of our home, but also we can land, like, whatever. There's a million ways to play the game. I'm just talking about access, man. I'm just talking about accessibility. And hey, on the top of, of accessibility, this game's huge and so hard for people who need accessible things and a digital version could improve that as well. If, uh, you know, just a developer put the time and effort into it. There's so many ways that this whole community could be improved upon if uh, there was a way to make this happen. And I don't know what that looks like, but we're just oh my God. Here begging for it. We're just Imagine begging. a digital version of TI where the wins and afters is handled by the computer. Oh my God. And not by Matt. <laughs> Yeah. Where it just sends you a little, okay, do you have a win? Yes or no? And then yeah. you click no. You click and it. then do you have an after? Click no. Like it just, there's all kinds of little moments like that. Mm-hmm. Things like, you know, I, I'm, I think, and I don't know how many people there are. I'm sure there are some people that when they go back and they look at the older tournament stuff, they like the more moderated, like mm-hmm. lay it, play it type stuff. I know those people are out there. I and the reason we gave so that stuff much. up, well, okay, but, but. Think about it. In a video game, as yeah. a digital board game, you could kind of easily incorporate Regulate that type that of stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't be so difficult, and it wouldn't be a, a thing that like is just a huge headache for everybody. Yeah. It could just be, well, that's how the, that's how the game works, yeah. you know? Um, and I just think maybe it seems weird. Like Maybe it's weird that we're saying all of this. I, I, maybe for people outside of the show. I have a feeling like most of the audience that listens to this show knows exactly where we're coming from. Yeah. In that this game has changed so much. Right. Since we all got this invested in it. Yep. And I think that we deserve a, a, a digital version that kind of keeps up with the audience basically. Um, and I think that, I think it would be, I think it would be big. I think it'd be big. I mean, we've basically taken this game yep. that is, a weird science fiction game that's unruly and unwieldy, and it's for strange 
you know, yeah. wizards, awkward strangeness <laughs> is it's full of. Yeah. And all I'm saying is we, I want to get the computer involved to help us out with the awkward yeah. strangeness of this well, weird we, game. If for this show has had any wizard uh, thought behind it ever, it's that this people. this sh this game is more accessible than everybody out there thinks it is. Everybody who's heard of it and doesn't know much about it, but goes, ah, eh, seems too big to me. Like it could be, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's, that's what I want to see. And I mean, Hey, if, if we, if there's no idea that it'll ever happen as twilight Imperium, maybe we have to make it happen as something else. Maybe we have to just like find a way to make this cool thing exist. Absent of the intellectual property we all know and love. I don't know. Oh I don't know what God. the future holds, but that's the thing even, I want to see happen. That just gives me a massive headache, what you just said there, Matt. Sure. Um, sure. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but whatever whatever we got to do, uh, we're going to do it because this is our job is just to think about this one thing. What a weird, what a <laughs> stupid life I do. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other and part so of it. I'll be real. I'll be real. I just would love some financial security to this whole endeavor. I'd oh, love a thing that exists. I don't give a crap beyond. about that part. Don't give a who. Yeah, well, you don't have a baby, so. <laughs> I don't even see how this gets you financial security, Matt. No, I don't even know what you're talking Nothing about. Nothing does. There's no such thing as financial security. It's okay. I'll live. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll find a way. You'll Speaking live or you will Speaking of financial won't. security, I want to thank our weird buyers, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish, Emu, Billy, Brassbird, Brian, Kaluan, Goondock, Son of Leto, Istoria, Alice, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, Rwise, Fancy Zeeling, and Ignoring My PhD. And I want to thank Mommy's l Mama, Mommy? Ooh, Mommy's lovely larva. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. My son is also named Bort, Sturmy Sturm, Boo Poo, Nervzerg, Tautology is what it is, Doberhuawa, Frank G, Gaskio, Rekka, Jadim Jedi, Carnal, Nuclear Pasta, Rolo, Uncle Batty, Teddy's Jam for You, and Alpha Squid. Oh my god, thank y'all so much. Um, Galactic Council, you just got it. Okay? Here it is. Uh, we'll We'll announce uh, we'll announce a new poll next week. Um, Homebrewers Guild, Matt, what do you got? Try, I'm hey, I'm trying. I haven't worked on like the components itself right now. It's just about finding a time that people can play this game. But we're hoping within within a couple weeks we can sit down and do an IRL stream of the final 2021 homebrew selection for Heck secret yeah. objectives and strategy cards. So yeah, um, I, I need to get on that homebrew channel and start working on printable materials for all of that stuff and uh, make some headway on it. But I will give you more updates next week. Hopefully by next week, I can have a date for you. That's that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to start. Um, I'm also going to get into the homebrewers channel and I would like to tell homebrewers people um, that maybe we should start like communicating on what exactly we want to do. Things got really shaky yeah. this month um, in regards to Tabletop Simulator, and I would really like to kind of just check in with the guild uh, yeah. and talk about how we want to move forward, um, basically. Uh, because sure. it's, I don't know, it was a lot. That was that was quite uh, the saga to go through, um, basically. Uh, there was a lot of uh, not fun waiting for things, yeah. and I also understand if... Uh, People are not satisfied with uh, where we got to with the whole tabletop simulator thing. Yeah. Um. And but and I also understand people who are like, okay, they they they're trying. Like I, it's 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 something where I can see a lot of different uh, sides of it. Sure. Um. So I just want to talk to people about it. Um. And if you are in the homebrewers guild and you want to message me about it, feel free to do that. 
Uh, you can also rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Hey, Spotify does rankings now, so please give us some ratings and we can uh, increase our visibility there. You can also find more info about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, and our merch on spacecatspeaceturtles.com. You can also send plays of the week and this Imperium life stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. And I got one for you right now. This one is presented to us by Fallen Waffle, and it is called A Tale of Two Waffles. It was the wow. best of times. It became the worst of times. I, Fallen Waffle, was playing as the Isaral tribes and was neighbors with a player named Waffles, who was playing as Mahakt. In round one, we were a match made in toaster heaven. We decided to agent swap, which let Waffles get their entire slice and equidistant, while I was set up with politics to get custodians. Mutual favor was at a high. I even decided to allow Mahakt to get a Isaral token by leaving a destroyer around for them to destroy, which they did promptly. Everything changed, however, in round three, when I took Imperial, having a comfortable hold on Mechatol with three mechs and poised to score Imperial plus two publics. At round three status phase, I had six points, with the next person also at six, but with two scored secrets, while I had zero scored secrets. I knew I had a target on my back, but hoped that with good dealings I had with Waffles would mean they would not dare betray a fellow Waffle, would they? Waffles would indeed betray me. The first action of round five, taking leadership as Mahakt and diving three cruiser twos, one mech and some fighters into my home system. However, being the sneaky as Sarl I was, I had a plan. First off, I had diplomacy, hoping that would stave off Mahakt and anyone else from getting to my home system again once I had retaken it. Secondly, I knew they would use Star Lancers on my home system, and I had an unexpected action so that I could later take it off. It would all work perfectly if I could win the space fight with my limited Fallen Waffle Asaral fleet. I activated my home system, and Waffles used Star Lancer to end my turn as expected. I used unexpected action to remove the counter on my home system. Then, trying to improve my odds, I tried to clear a path for three destroyers to make it to my home system by attacking a nearby single cruiser with a destroyer fighter and a carrier. The result of the very drawn out noodle fight was Mahakt winning and my forgetting that this would indeed give them another token. Due to my own Isaral stupidity, I did not take back my home system that round. As a result, Waffles scored the first stage two objective, Conquer the Waffle, and also the secret, Cut Waffles Supply Lines. This would indeed be what Waffles needed to toast a path to victory. While in round six, I, Fallen Waffle, took my own home system, it was too late. I had fallen back with the rest of the pack. Waffles had been expecting me to retake my home system all along, and afterwards dove in and took Hope's End outside my home system, securing their first planet to try and score rural distant lands. The rest of the table tried to thwart them, but, but Mahawked Waffles was too versatile and powerful to stop. Waffles made a dive at a second player system and took it. The game ended with a climactic battle where a war sun crashed into their fleet, backed by Fallen Waffles' Asaral action cards, but to no avail. The battle ended in a draw, with Mahakt keeping the system and using Imperial to score rule distant lands and rule the galaxy once again. So, uh, my lessons learned, Conquer the Weak is a great stage 2 objective as it rewards kingslaying and gives those that successfully kingslay a chance for victory, as well as probably will result in themselves being kingslayed. Hey, agree with that 100,000%. Favorite objective in the game. 
Mahakt, with a decent Cruiser 2 and Dread fleet, is a powerhouse, allowing them to score Stage 2 objectives. And uh, Oh, and Mahakt's mech ability is amazing in many respects, and definitely enabled the victory by stopping me from getting my home system back twice. And finally, if you are in the lead, the knife in the back will come swiftly, even from another waffle. Whoa. That's so crazy. What? Because what that story. last line there is uh i have a tattoo of that <laughs> it just says it's on my back it just says if you're in the lead the knife in the back will come swiftly even from another waffle that's creepy yeah, that's creepy that's man. creepy that's this, a this tattoo person's in your head they know they know about your back tattoo i think this was just me from an alternate timeline <laughs> this is from, this is your nomads this so this is this so hunter is, my is the nomad but this is the nomads version of hunter's nomad this is the all in waffle Fallen Waffle is just me from another timeline escaped to, to this timeline, which, oh man, I feel bad for you, buddy. What a horrible, imagine if you escaped from a timeline to this timeline, like in real life, <laughs> that would be, man, that's like, I want to write a science fiction movie and it's kind of like Planet of the Apes yeah. and at the end. They they escape their their universe and they land in this one and yeah. that's the reveal that's yeah. the horrifying oh no they're in our universe yeah I feel so bad for them and then credits roll <laughs> it's like they they get here and then it's like our universe very clearly and then they look at the calendar and it's like March fifteenth twenty twenty Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>